Hello everyone, I'm Abhinav Jant, and this is the Real Abhinav Audio Experience. Welcome to the Real Abhinav Audio Experience. This is your host, Abhinav Jan, and I aspire to make this podcast go beyond the surface. In this podcast, I intend to bring you insights from the topmost performers, no matter what industry they're in. We talk about how they've done things differently to grow their minds and keep their physical and mental health in shape. My mission with this podcast is to help overwhelmed individuals learn ways to reduce their depression, anxiety, and live with peace and love. I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Blossom Media Studio. Thank you so much for creating and distributing my podcast and taking away literally every single thing that's involved with podcasting so I can just spend the time to talk to my guests and create great episodes. We have Joseph DeRoma here today, ladies and gentlemen, on the podcast, joining us from Florida. And thank you so much for being here. Very excited to have you. Absolutely, man. We're on each coast, you know? Seriously, we totally are. We could just go, yeah. you see the sunrise, I see the sunset. <laughs> Let's do it. It's fantastic. So, how have you been? Ups and downs and all arounds, man. Back back in it. It's 2021. Yeah, I'm feeling good about this year. And, you know, 2020 was a uh, a year for the ages, I think, not only for myself, but the world and, and making the best of it, just like I do everything else, but, you know, had its challenges, had its fantastic blessings. Mm. And now we're in, in 2021 and feels like there's some relief for some people or less like, okay, we can get a fresh start here. So, yeah, I mean, psychologically for sure. Right. Because every year we try to like, look at the new year as opportunity for more hope and uh last year being the way it went you you would only expect it to get better <laughs> right so i don't know how it can really get too too worse than than last year but nonetheless on a positive note i think it was a great year for me as well i would say there were ups and downs especially towards the end of the year i feel like i had a little breakdown where i felt like i regressed and the only reason i bring that up is to go into the topic of what you do for a living, which is, you know, help other people that are struggling with different parts of their life, whether it's, you know, financially or in business or just finding peace and being, you know, good inside their head and in their body. What's interesting to me about this whole field and something that I've gravitated towards is there's just so many different ways of approaching it, but at the same time, it comes down to some fundamentals. So I'd like to hear from you, what are those for you when you're practicing helping people and in the, in like the journey that you've had, the people you've encountered for you, like, what is that, you know, subset of, of strategies perhaps, or core values? It's a great question. Right. And, and I think one of the biggest things that people need to realize when they get into the world of personal development, coaching, things of that nature is a lot of what I do is not telling people what to do, mm. right? My job is simply to hold a space for you to go inside and unravel everything that you're not to fully expose what it is that you are, right? And so the analogy that I give a lot of men is that I, th I think we all know the statue of David by Michelangelo, right? Mm -hmm. Like just a beautiful work of art, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So 
when you think about that, well, well, how did, how did he create that? And, and how he created that is the same way as how you create the man, how you become who it is that you're always supposed to be. And that is you take this hard stone and you chip away everything that you're not in order to become who it is that you are. Because we've had so many limiting beliefs, limitations placed upon us from society, our parents, all right? So we have some deep generational and cultural context that you have to unravel things that you could even be blind to. You don't even know you do, right? Mm. So I think for someone like myself that um, has had a a huge transformation of thought and attitude over the, the last 12 years, starting that journey in 2009 i have come to the realization that it's it's my it is my purpose to help others you know awaken themselves to mm-hmm. their own gifts their own desires right so circling back to really gain clarity on what your question is there's questions that you can ask yourself to get clarity on that mm-hmm. right what's your definition of success Right. And, and you sit at a, a table, you sit at the edge of your bed with a notebook or whatever. Right. You just sit with yourself. You turn your damn phone off. You turn the TV off, you know, and you, and you just sit there by yourself. So hard for so many people. Yeah. Right. What's your definition of success? Like I said, not your parents, not societies, not your third grade guidance counselor, not even your wife's. What is your definition of success for your life? What would make you have a successful life, right? That's number one. Number two, what is your purpose? What are your passions? Number three, right? Then you start getting into the deeper stuff. What are your top five values, right? Mine are through and through, right? Love, faith, integrity, money, legacy, I, I know it through and through. Now it's time for me to match and align my behavior mm-hmm. with those values in order to me then go after the vision, right? What is the vision you have for your life, right? So then, hey, what's your life mission statement, right? Like I know my purpose is to grow and develop in the likeness of my creator and be of service to my fellow man. I have defined that for me. I know that that's, a, that's what it is I'm supposed to be here for. And whenever I fulfill that purpose, then I'm granted peace, serenity, fulfillment, and I tap into that unending source of energy that we all have available to us to then go and and do what it is that I I should in my life. Or not, I shouldn't say should, but what I ought to do, right? Or or what I want to do. So then, you know, and then the last thing in, in that light just to round things out, because I think it's very important, as you, as you said, you led in by saying this isn't just one do- domain of life. This isn't one dimensional. And, and that's what really is a great distinction with our program is the belief that life isn't one dimensional. So why is your development, right? Yeah. We have people take a full life diagnosis. There's about 11 or 12 things within your life. And you score yourself one to 10 on level of satisfaction. And you have to get honest with yourself and you have to accept that. And things don't get better if you just look away from it or sweep it under the rug. 
You know, things get better when you shed light on it, you give it attention. And the old corporate saying, what gets measured gets managed. <laughs> so like, if you're ranked a five in fun and recreation, you might want to figure out some ways to start being a little bit more playful. If your money's a three, you might want to start learning from some millionaires how they manage their finances and elevate your money consciousness, right? So though it's all questions to go inside to determine where you're at and where you want to go. Yeah, and I think in another word for that is introspection like or self-reflection because to me that's that was one of the most powerful tools I learned almost, I want to say about five years back when I started to discover the power of questioning the thoughts that you have all the time, right? Like, where did they come from? Are they really originally mine? Like, you know, this is stuff that I don't think everybody gets to right away, but this is really the only path out. If you're stuck, another way I describe it to people that reach out to me, especially younger men, I get this question a lot, like I'm having trouble finding my purpose in life. And to me, the question I ask back is, what makes you think you have one purpose in life? Why do you want to narrow it down to one thing that you're supposed to be doing forever, right? Like, how, how do you know it's that simple, right? It's, it's a lot deeper than that. So I've always positioned myself as someone who would ask a question to make you think a little bit more than what you have thought through so far, or at least make you see a different angle for, of it, right? So a lot of things you mentioned about what is important to you? I look at that, I ask it a different way. I ask people, what is essential to you? What do you consider to be, you know, super essential in your life? And are you doing those things? If you are, then why are you so busy beating yourself up? Because a lot of times we, we create these like scenarios, you know, like I know I did that. You were talking earlier about, I've got a quick favor to ask of you. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could take one minute of your time and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way, and I'd really, really, really appreciate it. If you've already done that, thank you again. Please share this episode with someone you know, a friend or family member. Download the episode or share the link, whatever works for you. Now let's get back to it. I forgot exactly what you said, but I could relate to the stone analogy that you were saying around like carving, because back in the day when I got into bodybuilding, I would take that analogy, you know, I think there's a video of Arnold talking about this where you take yourself as like a sculpture or, a, you know, an artist and you're trying to sculpt your body to look a certain way and it doesn't look that way when you start, but you are consciously like envisioning, here's how I want, you know, the curves of my shoulders to look, here's how I want my like, you know, back to look and my arms to be shaped and, you know, my waist and legs and all. And while you're doing that, you're, con you're just continuously visualizing the end result of what you want. And then before you know it, you know, sometimes it can take years, but you will start to see progress, you know, and when you do, that's you, when you get the, the confirmation of what you're doing is working. However, I feel like we live in such an impatient world now where we want to know if what we're doing is working and we're so quick to switch strategy because we don't, you know, let, let it play out long enough. I would like to hear from you around this where I have a trouble with this because some of these things that we're talking about are, are very simple. Like, well, I think we've already covered pretty much the summary of like self-help. Talk, talk to yourself. Like, what is it that you're actually like thinking about and having that narrative in, inside? Like, let's look in, look at that. And you, that's where all your answers are going to come from. It's not really going to come from someone 
just telling you something because it may not hit you the same way unless you come to that conclusion yourself. So a lot of people that I meet will, if I give them an answer about like, well, you should try this or do that. Oh, I tried meditation. It didn't really work for me. I I had a coach once and, you know, he told me these things and I, I still kind of feel the same. You know, what do you tell people that don't necessarily stick to it? And how would you, how would you want to navigate them back to get on the right path, you know, especially younger, younger males. I think that's, we, we've seen that as uh, the highest demographic that struggles with it because everything's moving so fast. Tough love, man. Tell them how it is. I mean, so here's the thing, right? The central role of a leader is to create breaks and, and the current reality of those that they serve. Mm. Right. And when you and that doesn't happen from comfort or familiarity it happens by by hitting somebody with something that it disrupts them right and then within that break right you may say a breakdown and then you have a breakthrough right then within that within that little crack in, in their current reality then they're opened up to maybe some new possibilities for what the vision of their life may be, right? Mm, and, yeah. and that's the central role of a leader, not just in the tech in the professional domain, but also in life in general, right? So again, the reality is, is like, okay, I'm a man that likes to make things real simple. Uh, we can agree on that. <laughs> like, okay, like for instance, the example, well, South Beach diet just won't work for me. Hmm. You're right. You're so special that it's worked for millions of people that it's the diet's fault that you can't stop stuffing your face with M&Ms every night. You know, or meditation, I've tried that. It just really doesn't work for me. You know what? There's millions of people that have been doing it for thousands of years. I'm sure that they've all done it because it does nothing for them. And you're right. And all of those people are wrong, right? It was the same thing with me. I had everyone in, tell, everyone in my life telling me, Joe, you probably shouldn't drink. And I'm like, yeah, no, but I'm like, and they're like, no, but you really shouldn't. See what happens every time you do? And, and people, including myself, we take this victim mentality like we're the only person on the planet that can't do something or something happened to us. And we get trapped in this self-centered fear that like we're alone and no one understands. Yes. And it's just it's just all garbage, man, because the reality is, is guess what? Like there's a word for it in the dictionary which means that somewhere sometime in the history of the planet, it's happened to somebody, right? So like that gives you two clear indications. One, yeah, you're special because you're the only one of you ever to live on the planet, but you're not that special because it's, you're not the first person that this has ever happened to or that you're ever experiencing it. Mm -hmm. And two, the really important thing, you're not alone. Yeah, I think... That is very, very important and we can stay on that for a moment because in my past experience, when I have been at the lowest state, I would say, let's say so far in my life, it was when I felt super secluded and alone and isolated and, and somewhat trapped in my circumstance. And I, I, all I kept wondering was, how did I put myself in this position? I thought this is what I wanted. 
but I really didn't know how deeply I wanted the things that I was receiving because some of it was unconscious, some of it was just kind of like, okay, this is, this is happening, let's go with it, right? But then it really took, I guess, a point of reflection back, seeing like, if I'm really unhappy with the things that I've been given, it's not to demonize them, but to look at those as like, okay, I'm aware of it now, so I could do something about it now, or I can go back and keep like, you know, moaning about the shit that didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And a lot of times I think what we want to happen, we will get it and then we'll immediately realize that, oh, this isn't exactly what like I thought would happen. This has happened to me several times. One of the big times was at an earlier age when I was doing bodybuilding, right? And I lost many times. I'm not a huge person or anything, but I did put on a lot of size for, for, you know, what I, my body type is and all. And, uh, I kept getting second place or third place. And then finally I really wanted to win. And I did. And then tonight that I won, I was just like, I did not think that's how it would feel. All I could feel at that time was I have so much more to go. Like I have so much to keep improving on. Like this is, it's like every time you get to the top, you realize there's a higher mountain to climb. Right. But that happens, I think, to more and more of us because we get things quicker these days and we forget to appreciate the process that we're in to get somewhere, right? And that was my sort of lesson from that whole experience. And I've transformed that even to like, let's say this decade. When 2020 started, I wasn't like thinking about the pandemic or anything, but my intention for the whole decade was I'm going to be in the trenches this decade. I don't give a shit what other people got going on. I don't care what someone's accomplishing. And if they want, you know, whatever is going on with other people is not going to ever take precedence in this decade about above what I have going on. Because I started to realize after I left a very disciplined life and went to start working and like being in like the corporate world and, and just trying to like, you know, do my best, I realized that I was in a very hyper competitive chamber full of people that are pretending to be a lot more than they actually are. And you just can't help but get influenced by that if that's your reality, you know, every single day of the, of the week. And once I started to step outside of it a little bit and see that, hey, now I'm noticing significant changes, like my health is actually getting bad at one point when it wasn't, right? I was an athlete, so I was in like the tip-top shape, but now my health is getting bad and it's affecting not just my physical body, but my mental health. And I'm super dissatisfied. Like I would, I'm not one to be known to wake up in the morning and not feel like good, right? Like I, I was never that person. I would get excited about the morning. And I started to see these shifts. And long story short, I suppose, it's already kind of long. Uh, I was starting to really figure out like, what is it? Like, this is, this is something that I couldn't see other people going through because other people weren't talking about it. When I knew most people are also suffering with things like this, I just never could tell that anybody had a problem outside of me because no one would really discuss it openly. Everybody would only talk about somebody else's life, a game or whatever the hell is going on in the world, but not so much about like what they're struggling with. And that really bothered me a lot because when I was in a lowest low spot, it was very hard for me to relate to people. I was just be like, I can't relate to like what you have going on and I don't know why. 
and so to me is to see this rise of you know people like yourself and programs like uh, you know that you have offered i feel that those are so essential these days because we don't still have a mainstream path to talk about mental health to talk about the things that we all go through but we don't like want to talk about care to like elaborate anything on that rant of mine <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean you just you you dropped so many gems in there and the thing that surfaced for me when when you were when you were sharing was i think a lot of people forget man the finish line of life is death yes you know what i'm saying like where are you trying so, to go man? like <laughs> what, what, what well it's just but then but then that puts because in western society we have we wrestle so much with morality you know we wrestle so much with death and our unacceptance of it like it's not going to happen or something mm. you know and not it's me. like it's it's very different in the east it's just you know it's openly talked about yep and i think just to reiterate your point man like you know, I'll tell you a story. So my wife and I, we just recently went to her uh, grandmother's funeral. And it's this beautiful new cemetery. Um, it's a kind of war memorial type um, and owned by the government. And it's for veterans. And you just see thousands of tombstones. All perfectly aligned and rows all the same and we were walking past them and this thought just came to me you know we put the the birth date and we put the death date and those are like the highlights mm -hmm. and with the name but the thing with the most substance on the whole stone is the hyphen and i just I'm walking past these stones and I just got this thought of, I wonder what all those hyphens meant. Mm. I wonder for me in my life, how much participation will I make sure that I have in my hyphen, right? Because for, so, for 12 years of my life, I didn't fully participate in my life. So, talking about what you were saying in terms of really enjoying the process rather than always focusing so much on results. I'm not saying that results don't matter. I'm not saying that goals don't matter. It's always important to have something to strive for. That's what makes me uh, better. But what I would say is, is the most important thing in my life is the becoming process, is the evolution of Joseph DeRoma and yeah, that job's never done. <laughs> Neither is character building. But you get to a point where someone like myself that sat on the sidelines of, of my life and was the perpetrator of injustice, was, uh, you know, did a lot of terrible things. And now you're on this side and you say, you know what? I just want to experience as much as possible. And whether that's sadness or disappointment or happiness or joy or fear or anger or all of the large range of emotions that we get to experience and use within our life and 
just experience those things as much as possible and not at all sit there and always try and control everything, but simply just allow things to flow and, and, and let it go. Right. So let's, let's, let's take this conversation to the next level, right? 90 minutes before our talk right now, I just found out that a deal I've been working on that could be life-changing for me and my business partner, the person went with the other, the other business and we didn't get the deal. Okay. So now you have to start over and do, like you said, the ups and downs of business, right? And I'm saying, sitting here with you right now, that's the space that I'm in. But guess what? You show up, man. You show up. Yep. Because feelings aren't facts. Ooh, so good. And then get and so let's take it to another level. I'm feeling deflated. I'm feeling a little bit down. I'm feeling disappointed. I see you. I immediately feel better. Then I see your wife and I'm lit up. We joke and laugh and and all of a sudden, all of that that was renting space in my head is all wiped away simply through the connection of you and I. And to think that it's any other way, that that, that, that I don't get charged up from the emotional contagion that's very real and the mm-hmm. energy even over a Zoom call, that's what it's all about, man. Yeah. That's what it's all about. And the more that I get out there and do that and be my authentic self with whoever I am, my highest integrity, I'm living in a space where my self-worth is also up there. My confidence is up there and my purpose is up there because all I'm doing is being me. And for so long, I hated that. I hated me. So it's like, how do we get more people awakened to that? How do we get more people awakened to the realization that that's the space they need to be in? You know, I was like you, I was in the corporate office and I was that guy that raised my hand in front of hundred people and would ask questions. I just want to know, I'm yeah. curious. Or I would put my hand up in a meeting and say, hey, I was totally wrong about this. I think we should do this instead. My boss, I remember my VP one time said, what'd you just say? I'm like, I said I was wrong. He goes, really? I'm like, yeah, I was. Let's move in this direction. It's like, now. A, sin, it's like a sin to admit that in like corporate. What the hell? Like, but he he liked it. He liked that I did that because it was so out of the ordinary. Maybe I should keep a list of all the things I was wrong about and just <laughs> check them off because it goes. It, it grows every day. It grows. Every day. If we all did that, we would be in a much better place. Well, I want to go a little bit into this then. In your experience of how you've navigated your journey so far, I'm starting to realize the importance of creating a routine that you want to stick to. Not have to, but want to stick to. Because it's super easy, like, you know, and I'm not saying you do this particularly, but a lot of folks that are in the self-help or self-development space you know, kind of talk about the same several like activities that you should do, but not every activity is for every person. So you really have to find a way to negotiate what it is that you're going to be willing to do on a consistent basis. For example, for me, I'm not going to consistently wake up at four in the morning unless I absolutely have to. 
I have at one point in, in, in life. I, and that's when I was in a competitive, uh, you know, state where I wanted to win and I was really driven by all the wrong things you could think of. Two um, days. Yeah. I was two and three days sometimes, man. <laughs> three days. Yeah. And I'm like popping caffeine, like it's vitamins. Seriously, I would take like 200 milligram pills, like three times a day. And to a point where I could take a pill and go to sleep, it wouldn't even work. We'll, we'll leave that aside. But, but point being the whole, I'm very uh, like a, my personality, I suppose is very extreme in sense. Like I will either want to go like too crazy or do like nothing at all. Right. So for, for the longest time I've been trying to balance, uh, and that's where I find I'm, I'm the best is if I'm, if I'm balanced you should know your limits. And the only way you know them is if you push them. And you should know how you are when you're completely like non-attached or don't have to do anything, right? If you don't know what both those spaces feel like, it just feels like you're not, you haven't experienced like the potential of your living capacity. So for me, the, the framework that I've come up with for me is like, okay, I need to make sure I meditate. Right now, it's, a, it's twice a day for me. I'm not prescribing any of this to anybody. Twice a day of meditation for me, exercise at least once a day. And then it's not like I'm, I haven't gone to a gym in over a year. <laughs> so it's more just, you know, at home. And also for me, where I'm here nearby the beach, so I'm going riding my bike every day as much as I can, you know, try to do it for 20 to 45 minutes a day. And to me, those are like non-negotiable activities, like if I don't put them in that category, then they don't take priority over me getting a call with a customer or me getting on a, you know, whatever business related thing or personal like family related thing. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, be realistic about what's going on in your life. But I've realized that if I don't do those things that I have set to be non-negotiable for me, then I'm not in the best place that I can be to be in front of other people. And it's a disservice to them if I don't do these things for myself. So I want to hear about like, what, what is like in the space that you're in and, and, the, and the people that you've helped and experienced, like, what is it to that, you know, from your perspective? Like, well, how do you see that process? It's very important for people to understand that your habits determine your future. Right. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about the book Atomic Habits, and it's a very important book. It's, uh, it, but there's things that I, I strive for every day. It's very simple. And I call it the Camp V method. It's something that I came up with myself. Number one is contemplation. Mm. Every single day upon retiring, um, this is something that I learned from Benjamin Franklin when I practiced his 13 virtues uh, practice for six months. Every day when I retire, I reflect on my day and I analyze times where I didn't show up in accordance with the character of man that I want to be and that I want to become. Okay. Do I own amends to anybody? Do I need to clean that up? Right. What did I over, you know, overextend myself? How could I do better next time? Also, on the other side, where did I show up? Hmm. Give myself a pat on the back and say, hey, man, 
Good freaking job, bro, for showing up in the man that you wish to become today in that tough situation. Right. Right. So that's number one, contemplation. Number two is affirmations. In the mirror, very quickly, 30 seconds to a minute. I always start with, I am love, I am light, I am water. Always start with that every day. Look at myself in my eyes and repeat that almost like a mantra. And then I throw in other ones that just come up, right? Just affirming to myself who it is that I am and downloading files to my hard drive that are useful so that when it goes to, you know, the pop-ups start happening, yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah, window cool. pop-ups, then they, then they start coming in, you know? That's so again, a good analogy. A- affirmations, right? Then number three is same as you meditation. I strive for 20 minutes. A lot of times I get 10. Um, I don't want to do anything less than 10 a day, 10 minutes a day, but 20 is the goal. Okay. And again, if you're new to that, you know, grab the Calm app. They, that's great. Uh, tons of my clients have, have said, you should always recommend this to all your clients because <laughs> they haven't doing it for like 10 and 11 years like you. So, you know, so a lot of times it's hard, you know, for me to, you know, I remember when I first started, I was happy to have nothing in my brain for five seconds, you know. All right, great. My brain's not telling me what a big piece of shit I am for five seconds. This is fantastic, right? Let's learn how to, can I do 30 seconds, right? 10 seconds. Now it's, you know, I can go again. I I have that muscle memory, right? So the other thing I'll say about meditation is, you know, you wouldn't go three days without eating or drinking water, right? Because you have to nourish your body. Meditation is the same thing for your soul and your mind. You need oh, to agree, provide it nourishment, right? Yep. So that's third, uh, meditation. Then the, the fourth one, same as you, perspiration. I need to get a good sweat, man. I need to get those good endorphins going and get those good chemicals flowing from my brain into my body so that I can feel alive and, and I can handle situations that maybe if I didn't do that would throw me aloof and and I just need to get that good sweat and that good feeling going. And, and it just makes me feel better, yes. you know? And, and any time that a man can feel better, he can a lot of times think better. And you can create that coherency mm-hmm. uh, between your mind and heart intelligence. And, and it proves to your, to your mind that you're running the show. So that's the fourth one, perspiration. Last one. Last one before the bonus, I, I got to give you oh, the bonus. There you go. The, the, uh, the, the last one in there is visualization. So my goals are next to my bed. Uh, my wife and I do yearly goals on January 1st together. We do our individual goals or family goals. And every morning when I get up, I turn and I look at it. Um, after I breathe in gratitude, I, I look at it and, and I, I begin to visualize myself what it would feel like to achieve those in my body and in that space where it is. And because the mind can't differentiate the difference between it happening in your mind or in the physical plane. So understanding and doing that, you're tapping into something called the reticular activating system, which is a a spot down between your cerebellum and your cerebrum that controls wakefulness, right? Controls consciousness. And the re- one of the ways that you can know that this is a very real thing 
is like last time you bought a car, right? And it was a, it was like, for me, it was a truck one time. I'd never had a truck. Well, all of a sudden I started seeing Chevy Silverados everywhere. It's not that they weren't there before, but it's now my mind had brought it into the current reality, the scope and had manifested it into my reality, right? Mm -hmm. The same is for our goals. The same is for what we want in our life, right? Now, there's a lot of action and like I said, daily habits that you need to put in place. Right. But you need to leverage the power of your mind that everyone has available to. Now, the bonus and maybe the most important thing, whenever God or the universe, whatever it is that you believe in, provides you an opportunity to be of service somebody, you need to act upon it because that is the juice. I call it the juice. That is what I was searching for in a bottle and a pill and a powder and a woman. It was what I was searching for in a bank account, a job and a car and a clothes and a Gucci shoes. That is the juice. And when you got the juice flowing in you, you can do and achieve anything and be anything you want to be. And it's all contingent on your ability to love his other children well. I want to take another quick moment to thank our sponsors, Podcast Backdrops. If you do any kind of video content or pictures online or you're doing any sort of selling over Zoom calls, you really need to check them out because it will make you look professional from the get-go. Having your brand, your logo, and what you're all about behind you, hiding all your clutter, makes you look so much more professional when you put yourself out there on the internet. So check out Podcast Backdrops if you want to level up your game. That's so beautiful, man. I I agree with pretty much all those points. I don't think I have too much else to add on top of what you said, but I think there's something to be said about realizing that you are in service to everything that's functioning at all times, whether you want to be aware of it or not. I think your landing page has it very well put, like life is happening participation is optional, right? And what that really speaks to me on is I've had this realization many times when I notice my mind is bringing up something repetitively, especially like recently it's been around like time wasting, this concept of you're wasting time. You know, your parents tell you stop wasting time from a young age when you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing. So it kind of registers in this weird place because you know, the whole thing of time is, is not really, it doesn't make sense. I mean, it doesn't really make sense now, but it does, it doesn't definitely make sense when you're a little kid. But the way I've come around from it is, even if I don't do anything, the time is obviously going to keep moving. If we were to measure it, you know, it's still moving. It doesn't ever stop. So if I can't ever control time, what makes me think that I'm wasting time in any sense of the way? If I'm doing something and I don't consider it a waste of time, time is still wasted away, so to speak, right? It's not like I've stopped time in the time that I'm not doing something against, I guess, my standards. I think you maybe follow what I'm trying to say. But this concept of like what you're doing now is good and important versus what, you, what else you're you know, not doing is, is bad and, and a waste is I think super highlighted on social media these days because we see like, you know, if you're not trading stocks or if you're not doing, you know, if you don't have your drop shipping business or if you don't have, you know, your Instagram, all this, that way or the other thing. And 
then you're missing out. Like we create this sense of you're not optimizing and doing what you could be to the best of like your situation, which sure, that's, that's a question that we can like dig into, but it's so easy for us. And I'm only speaking about this because I've suffered from it and I still do to a degree, which is that like, how do you then stay true to what it is that you need to be doing? Not what someone else is telling you or showing you exists, but what truly is it that you got to be doing? And my conclusion from that is you have to like set up the game the way you want to play, right? And then you got to honor that game. If it's not working out, go back to the fact that you made the game this way. This is what you wanted to play. So if the business that you have is giving you grief, get rid of it. You don't like it, don't do it, right? Like why complain about why it sucks and how it's not going the way you wanted it to? You set it up this way. You wanted it to, you wanted to have a business. So I'm going in this roundabout way to kind of come back to the fact that we don't really control time. And, and I think we are, we are aware of that, but not any of, most of us consciously like acknowledge that that that's actually happening. Like right now you and I are talking, we're like an hour closer to our death, right? But at the same time, it doesn't seem like a waste to me because I'm getting your energy, your attention, your presence. Meanwhile, I could be sitting here on my phone for an hour, walk away with no tangible anything and feel like I've just like wasted an hour of my life. So, so many people go through this. If I'm going through it, other people are going through it. That's probably a good rule of thumb to keep in mind. So you never feel like you're the only one and isolated. What do you think in terms of one of these things I've mentioned is like the fear of missing out, but so much of probably your business is online. We were talking about Clubhouse a little bit before this, which is not a visual platform, which is cool. I think it's a little different. You have nothing to compare to. Yeah. But what do you see? Like, are you comfortable with the amount of time that we spend on screens these days and how that's affecting us? Like, what, what do you think about that stuff? Hmm, that's a good question. In terms of screens, I don't know. I, I, I think the overarching theme from what you just said is we're always at choice. Mm. You can do whatever you want as long as you're willing to pay the consequences. That last part is the most important part. Because, you know, like even in the statement on your website, participation is, is optional. It doesn't mean that you don't suffer the consequences of not participating. If you don't, take care of your body, it's going to deteriorate worse than it already is. If you don't eat, obviously that's going to have, you know, or if you overeat, both of those are going to have issues. So just because you choose to like not participate in the problem at hand, so to speak, right? Not necessarily everything's a problem, but if you're looking at them as that way, you don't participate, that doesn't spare you from the consequence. I'll throw the ball back to you. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it this way. Take out the word time mm -hmm. and replace it with life. You're, same. Wasting, you're wasting life. Because mm. time is something that we created for measurement, you know, and it was pretty recent <laughs> in, in the history of man, right? Mm. It's like it has, in some sense, very little importance, you know, it, it does. It just, like I tell people, I mean, I haven't used an alarm clock in over three years. You talked about 4 a.m. the other day. I got this wild idea. I'm like, I need to start waking up at 4 a.m. 
I feel like everybody gets that idea sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're like, oh, I want to be in the, I want to be in the four AM club, and then like, oh, let's do it. And I'm, and I'm, and me, I, it's like when I just when I do something, I just do it right away. I don't, you know, I don't allow the law of diminishing intent to kick in, and then two weeks later, I'm still talking about I need to do the four AM club. I'm like, I'm doing it tomorrow. My yeah. wife's like, oh, here we go again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but 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 here's the thing: when this is the difference, when you're the one that's running the program, I didn't set an alarm clock, man. I told myself with every fiber of my being, I'm going to wake up at four o'clock in the morning. And you did. I woke up yeah, at three fifty. That's so crazy. I tell people the that. The next day I woke up at four twelve. Dude, that's so, that, there's something to that, that I think it's hard to quantify to other people, but I've lived my whole life that way. Like I've realized the only way you beat your mind is you don't negotiate with it like on when you're going to do it. You just do it. And then, then things like, oh, wait, wait, we're doing this. Yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. You know, and now it's like your friend. Cause it's like, okay, we're doing it. Let's keep going. And I think I'll give, yeah. I'll give you another example. Go ahead. Cause I, I do a lot of little things that, you know, no, no one even knows about, you know sure. what I mean? I just do them with myself to challenge myself and, and continue proving to my mind that, I'm the one running the show, right? Like I worked at an office in 2019. After about a month in, from uh, from February until December, I parked in a different spot in the parking garage every day because I had to be conscious of where I parked. Mm. And in that time, there was only two days I forgot where I parked. <laughs> two days, bro. That's a lot That's of days. Like I was very conscious. Put your socks on different feet every day, tie your shoes differently, hold your fork with the other hand, brush your teeth with the other hand, like, right. you know, but I think even just recently, I'm doing the cold shower thing. I started oh, on yeah. uh, January 1st and when I got into, and this just shows you the power of the body as well, right? And, and how we can, we can be the ones that grow into where we want to be. So when I first started, it was like 30 seconds. I'm hyperventilating and shaking in a 62 degree shower, right? Like, cause that's the coldest our shower gets. And then, you know, after three weeks on day 21, my body, I get in the shower and my body is like yearning to get under the shower. It wants it cause it knows it feels good. It wants the benefits. It feels invigor invigorated. Mm. The nervous and endocrine system are feeling it and they want it. Now I just get in there and I can take a shower, wash my body, wash my hair, two, three minutes, like it's nothing. And it's still wow. 62 degree waters. And I'm not, I have no problem with my breathing. I just focus on my breath and no hyperventilating, no shaking, nothing, right? Water temperature hasn't changed. So what changed? Me. The one thing in the world that can I can can I have control over is me. So talking about your point before in terms of choice, one of the biggest things that people have to realize that I know I had to realize as well, until I took full responsibility for my life and my actions, nothing could ever change. Nothing could ever get better. You know, right. like I have to own my shit, man. Yeah. I have to own it. And, and until you get at, like, like you said, and I, one of my favorite sayings, my dad always taught this to me, always taught him. Mean, he always said, ain't no free lunch, but then he would also say, the world doesn't owe you shit, boy. You owe the world 
And I never knew what he meant. And I hated when he said that to me. I'm like, you don't understand. Right, right. You know, and now when I finished explaining to you the things that I strive for every day and I gave you the bonus, that's essentially the reason why I do that is because I feel so grateful quite often, you know, year after year, I have maybe eight or 10 rough days a year. And I've had that pattern for about 10 years now that like, I'm here to like give back, man. Cause I know what it's like on the other side. I'm lucky. I got to experience the full range of life, like Mm -hmm. being an absolute nightmare and totally destroying stuff and relationships and myself. And now I'm in this place of peace and, and joy and gratitude, disappointment, sadness, and all these things. But I get to experience those things. And people look at them like, oh, no, you know, it's like, damn, man, you know? Right. And also, I think if you hadn't been in a previous, you know, part of your life the other way, you wouldn't be able to probably recognize in other people what you've built up in yourself now, like, you know, kind of climbed out of the the trenches. And now you're able to recognize when you see someone else that's in that same place that you were in. And I think there's some power to that for sure. Empathy, empathy, right. man, you know, empathy. And, and I think the other thing too, circling back to what you said before, I'm so impatient, man. I'm shot out of a cannon every day when I wake up. Like, I partied as hard as I live now. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know what I, mean? like, I didn't like, you know, so most people that were in my life before, you know, they're like, yeah, you're one of those ones that just doesn't need, doesn't need to party. Like you're already a party without the party. You know what I mean? Right. So, so it's like, get on board, man. You know, but it's like, I need to be, I love my friend, Ron, uh, the founder of Successful right. Man. He, t- he told me this and I just love it. He's just a brilliant man and, and we have a great friendship. But he said, Joe, you have to be massively impatient with action and overly patient with results. That's a gem. Yeah. And, 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 you know, one of my other mentors, we used to call him Father Time. He always say, Joe, time is an acronym for things I must earn. It'll, it'll get better with time, man. Time, time. Just- Things I must earn. Dude, that's good. That's very good. I like that a lot. I saw that you like philosophy to a degree where you definitely studied it more than the average person. I'm curious to hear what you believe we're all doing here on earth, on this planet. What do you believe like on that, you know? I believe we're all put here for a reason. Okay. Tell me um, more. That, that's first of all. So buried deep within all of us is a gift that we're supposed to share with the world. And I kind of alluded to it earlier, right? You know, we're, we're no different than a seed, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't look at a seed and be like, oh, there's a tree. But where does a tree come from? From the seed. From the seed. We're, we're, we're no different. I feel as though that 
buried deep beneath everything that I'm not is everything that I am. And one of my heroes, Dr. Miles Monroe, said it best. You know, he talked to, he taught a lot about in the in the Christian domain about Jesus. And he talked about how, you know, Jesus manifested himself. We, I mean, we don't his job was he was a carpenter, right? Right. But his work was to the realization that he was the son of God and that he then took around and awakened other people to the reality of what it would be like to follow him and that through him, you could get awakened to this connection with a higher being, right? Mm -hmm. And he manifested himself into being the son of God. Now, I don't believe that I'm God. That's not what I'm saying. But I do believe just like him or just like in the Hindu culture, people claim to be realizing that they're God all the time and it's perfectly accepted in their culture. To us, it's like, what? Uh, you know, right, right. but it, for us, it's about realizing what it is that, that we're supposed to be and who we are and, and going through that just waves and waves of junk of society's imprints, our parents' imprints, all this stuff. And we have to wade through all that to become who it is that, 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 it, that is, right? And so that being said, when we are on that path and we're doing that, we're living in our highest integrity, right? And integrity is the most important thing on the planet in my mind, my belief, right? Because one of the deep teachings of Socrates was, is that nothing can ever, ever happen to a man so long as he keeps his integrity intact. Like real personal catastrophe happens in corruption of the soul. Oh, that's so good. That's a, we should just hold on on that one. (laughs) but that's so true man because like all of your problems come from within like okay some shit happened how you're reacting to it is going to dictate what that experience is going to be like at the end of the day how you showed up to tackle that is going to be what ends up becoming you know the next reality so and that starts with acceptance yes right like because that's the biggest that's the biggest mindset shift is that the disturbance that we have internally is simply as a result of us not accepting reality. For sure. It doesn't matter what happened. Like, it, it, it's like, oh, I'm going to, I get disturbed because I want to change everything out here. When right. in reality, all I need to do is accept, accept what reality actually is. Acceptance and approval are different things. And to be clear, we're not talking about what happened as good or bad. We're just talking about what happened, you know, without real judgment about what it is. Like, is it, is it the bad thing or a good thing, right? So I just want to make sure that piece is also in there. Well, let's, let's look at that for a second, right? And I'll give you a clear example. Of all the times I got arrested. Which, how many times is that? <laughs> <laughs> a lot. But so let's, let's say, so for instance, you look at two sides, right? And I thought that that was the worst thing in the planet. 
when it was happening to me. And you know what my mom believed? Her son was safe and it was the best thing that could have happened to me because someone was rescuing me from myself. Yeah, wow. Right? And, and it's the same thing. But it's all about the assessments that we place on what the reality is and the story that we tell ourselves. Right. Not what it actually is. So what am I doing today, right, to live in acceptance? Because practicing a daily habit of acceptance may not alter the circumstances of your life, but it will transform the way you experience life altogether. Absolutely. That's the reality. Joe, you're a powerful man. You, you definitely speak from a place of being centered. I can feel it. And I think people that hear this will feel it too. I probably could talk to you for like three days straight. Yeah. <laughs> I could listen to you for a couple of days too, man. <laughs> uh, I really don't. Yeah. I see like we're in a way saying and experiencing the same existence and finding ways of showing other people the the beauty underneath what you can't really speak about i suppose because when you've discovered like what the source of all your problems is it's your person belief identity and all that it's just it can be a real struggle because your mind, like our mind is, it almost doesn't work for it to like be like, Hey, I'm not this person. I'm not this body. I'm not this mind. I'm not this ideas and beliefs that keep streaming through. It's like, it's like the computer getting pissed that you've taken out all of its like data. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I can't do anything without this, which is true because for us, like for you and I to go into a meeting, let's say we have to play a certain role. But if we're aware that that's what we're doing, then it doesn't feel like that's all there is to me, right? But the mind only works when it's super in belief of what like it's doing in its entirety. Like it has to be somewhat consumed by what you're doing, right? So it does it diligently. Like think of any kind of job or anything even mundane, like an assembly line worker, right? They're not thinking about what they're doing at some point. They're just like, this is what I do. I'm getting it done. And then you, and then you move on. And a lot of times we do that with our screens and all. And that's why I think this is like rounding out this discussion that we had because amongst all the time that we spend on screens, taking in data and to, to something that you said, which I very much agree with, you have to discard everything that's not you to find out what is that is you. To do that on a daily basis is so essential that if you don't do it, it's no different than having a bad diet or bad hygiene because there's just no other way. Like how are you, how are you going to cleanse yourself? How are you going to clean yourself if you don't like do the act, right, of brushing your teeth or taking your shower? It's the same thing. You've got to sit there and reflect. You've got to like call upon the universe for what it is that you want it to bring you and what it is that you are willing to do for it, which is a symbiotic relationship. You and life are not two separate things. You are life. But the conceptualization of life being something other than you is the start of the problem. 
right? And wow, I mean, I don't, I don't even know where to take it. <laughs> well, you know what I, I would just add, and 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 I know we're getting ready to close things out, but what you said is very important because in all the things that you do, everything, the most important person in your world knows and mm-hmm. is watching you. And that's integrity, right? Yes. Like C.S. Lewis said, you know, integrity is doing the right thing when no one's watching. That's character, right? But the reality is, is that every time you don't brush your teeth, every time you don't make your bed, every time you don't do these things that in the back of your mind, you're fighting with yourself, knowing you should, you should do it and you don't. Right. It's just logging these things, logging it, yep. logging. E-S-C-O-C, Joe, you let yourself down again. Yep. You did it. But if you just always do it and you fulfill your responsibilities, responsibility breeds freedom, yes. freedom from you, freedom from the belief that you're, you're something that you're not, right? Right. So... My, I, my call to action for everybody, everyone that I always work with is raise your integrity by doing what you should be doing all the time, even when no one's around. Self-worth is always in perfect harmony with integrity and confidence is always soon to follow. Yep. Do your best and fuck the rest. <laughs> Because really, like at the end of the day, if you did everything that you were going to do to the best of your ability, you've left it to the universe now. You know, it's not in mine or your hands. So I think that's a good place to close out. What do you think? I'm feeling it. Yeah, man. Let's shut it down. And uh, this has been a fantastic conversation. Joe, thank you so much. I'll say this to end it. I had that deal 90 minutes ago that didn't happen. And I came into this conversation deflated beyond belief. And I can't tell you how filled up I am because of this conversation. And that right there, my friend, is the power of connection, the power of generative conversations, and exactly what I needed. So I thank you for this space. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you. And I hope we get to do this again this year. I'd love to, you know, go a little deeper more with you. I love Ron. We've had him on We're actually working with him on a project, sending him a backdrop. Would love to see if anything we can do like that to help you out with your, you know, endeavors this year. And if you're ever out in the West Coast, you don't even have to ask. You have a place to come. So if you're ever out here, we got your back. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. All right, everybody. Check out Joe. We'll have all the links and descriptions on how you can get in touch with him if you'd like to work with him in the description of this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for checking out this show. I really appreciate your time and I can't wait to hear from you. If you want to give me any feedback or want to get in touch, know someone that I should put on the show, reach out to me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, wherever you are online, you bet you can find me there. Just search for The Real Abinov. Thank you and we'll see you next time.